Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. And, and though our guest, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports, can't hear that bumping, non-copyright, 90s-sounding banger that, that introduces every show, it really should be Victory by the Notorious B.A.G. That would be the one where uh, where Puffy sampled the, the Rocky Final Bell song. Uh, the song was called Victory, and... and Dan and I are here to take a victory lap. I mean, we're, we're going to be humble about this, but... No, we're not. After the Supreme Court decision on Monday, we're kind of here to tell you, we told you. We told you like 10 years ago. This was going to happen. And now it's happened. Dan, is it hurt to be this right all the time? <laughs> I mean, all we do is win, 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 right? There's another... Uh, That's exactly right. Another banger. <laughs> Well, because we're, we're coming off the playoff. We're coming off the 12-team playoff. Um, between Bill Hancock uh, uh, explaining the virtues of how a playoff will make both games in September and November matter more. <laughs> and then Brett Kavanaugh stating that the NCAA can't just uh, say amateurism is legal because it says amateurism is legal. Um, I, I could not even believe it's I think there are burner accounts following us on Twitter. They're reading our columns. It's okay. <laughs> we welcome you to the club. We're not going to be, we're not going to be mean about it. Thank you for coming to your senses, everyone. Thank you. College athletics. We appreciate you. I, I I will say when I was reading the Supreme Court decision and I, I got to to Brett Kavanaugh's concurring opinion, there was a moment where I go, did he have someone reading Wetzel's tweets? Like this is basically every every argument that had been lobbed up over the last ten years to you that you'd swatted away was was there in a Supreme Court opinion. Pretty wild. It was pretty wild. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's. Common sense has, has started to become a little more common in this uh, incredible sport we love. Um, part of what we love is the complete dysfunction, the lack of leadership. Yes. Uh, the fact is your colleague, Stuart Mandel, always said there's nobody in charge. Like, go try <laughs> to find who's in charge of this. There's nobody. Well, as, um, as we record this, Jack Swarbrick, the Notre Dame AD, has just said there's been a lack of leadership in college sports. You are a leader in college sports. <laughs> like, really? But, uh, but it's funny that we say this because less than 24, well, a little more than 24 hours removed from the Supreme Court decision. We're buying, we're starting, we, we're buying it all again because the, I, I, sorry, I, I can't help but be mad about this. The presidents who run the college football playoff just got out of their meeting and they said they've, they've approved exploration of this 12 team format and they'll they'll try to nail down the finer details. And listen, some of these are my colleagues, some of these are your colleagues, and they're saying, "Well, hey, hold up here. They may not be able to get this done until 2026. It may be 2020." Listen. They would not have told us it was going to be a 12-team playoff if they did not intend to start it as early as possible. It is starting in 2023. If it is not, I do payoff bets on this podcast. You are welcome to either in, you can leave a review and and leave some stakes for a bet, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Andy underscore Staples. Tell me what I have to do 
if the 12-team playoff does not start in the 2023 season. We got to stop listening to what comes out of these people's mouths. Uh, agree. Okay, so the, the holdup apparently that could cause this playoff to wait five years are contracts with bowl games. Okay, first off, all contracts is just the start of a negotiating point. That's all the contract is. So they are about to make so many millions and billions of dollars. They can buy the bowl. Okay, they can do whatever the heck they want. But two, the plan is very easy. They have contracts with six bowl games, right? The New Year's six. Correct. And they have designed a plan that just coincidentally requires six neutral site games, well, seven, but they have the need. for they'll, they'll run the championship game as they do now. Six bowl games. So they have contracts of a less profitable enterprise with six bowl games, and they're about to implement a more profitable enterprise that they need six bowl games. I don't know. I think the six bowl games will be quite happy to rip up the, the extending the final three years of the deal to be included in the future where they'll make even more money. I think this negotiation will take two minutes, five with minutes them. and go with yeah, them. Yeah. With, with ESPN, them. it'll take a little bit longer, but here's, a little longer. here's the thing, but ESPN so, doesn't want to go into market. No, they don't want to go. So they're going to pay a bunch of money. And remember, by the time all this is going on, by the middle of this next deal, we don't know how ESPN is going to be sold to us. It might not be sold through a cable company anymore. They, be se- they may be selling it directly to us. You may be, it may be part of Disney+. Plus. We don't know what it'll be. We do know that they need the college football playoff as a thing to sell to us. So they are going to pay what it takes to get it. ESPN likes... Um we had this in our, in our old book, Death of the BCS. I remember talking to ESPN then. They're like, we like games that attract big audiences. Yes. Like, go, go figure. <laughs> so, yes, if you create a playoff with more big audiences, we would be very interested in bidding on that. Yeah, I remember that one. Well, we're not sure if there's a broadcast partner. I mean, there's literally, those are the excuses we had that stood in the way of this playoff. We're so dumb. And yet they got repeated and repeated and taken as fact. And my, I think my favorite part of the that playoff press conference was, you know, they bring in, they got Jack Swarbrick, they have, um, uh, they have Greg, Greg Sankey, they have uh, Bob Bowlesby, they've uh, and uh, Craig, uh, Craig Thompson. Uh, Craig Thompson, sorry, Craig Thompson. Four very smart people, and immediately you can, they spent two years studying this, which is what you and I did for years to so study all of the excuses. And all of a sudden, you listen to them, they go, oh, they really did study it because they yes. realized, oh. What we used to say was complete and utter crap, and we can prove it. (laughs) And so they started, and they're like, oh, this time, because that's the problem with the four-team playoff. It was designed by people who didn't want to create a playoff. So they created a crap playoff. It isn't any good. The half half measure, if you watch Breaking Bad. The half measure. They didn't. So this is a real playoff, and they thought through all this stuff, and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we need six conference chances. And so I think like the only issue we have is that they're still going to do quarterfinals at a bowl game, but that's, that's a, I don't like that, but the rest of it structurally is excellent playoff and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I don't like that part. It could be more fun, but they, there's a reason they're doing that too. They thought through everything and all of a sudden they came around to our thinking when you're just throwing out, this will ruin the regular season. Uh, this will kill the Motor City Bowl. Uh, who, who, 
Who will bid on the games? Will they even TV be interested? When they were trotting that crap out, we would just go, we would text each other or call each other and go, can you believe this insanity? And so finally they've come around and that's what happens when you actually study something. And that's kind of the leadership that Jack Swarbuck is correct about and uh, on all issues. But you get a smart guy like him to look at it. He's going to come to the same conclusions that uh, other smart people will. Yeah, and the bowl thing does bother me. I mean, this the quarterfinals need to be on campus. But my initial thinking, as soon as they said that it was, oh, well, they're stuck with these guys for at least three years. And my guess is if they're smart, they will jettison them after three years, maybe keep the ones that the conferences have relationships with, which would be the rose, the sugar, and the orange. But the other ones, they don't need them. And nope. once, once that three-year period is over, if they're smart, They'll get rid of them because that doesn't help them, doesn't do any good for them. Home games are better. The first time Ryan Day goes, hey, I led Ohio State to a 13-0 record. How is it possible that my first game is in Pasadena, California against USC? What advantage did I derive from, from going 13-0? Right. None. That was it. That's why when they always said, let's have a – even now, there's no advantage in being one or four. Right. And if you do this, yeah, there's no advantage in being so they've created some advantage, but you create more. And and see, that was the tell that they never really looked at home sites for the quarterfinals, that they were compromised and they were always going to put the bowls in on this, at least temporarily. Because when, when we asked, why would you do this? They went back to a dumb talking point. I don't think people want to see football in Michigan in in. You know, in December, but but what? we've just How approved about the people it. in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. right. yeah. What about the people of Michigan? Yeah, they yes. do, right? And so, but they didn't have a good answer, which tells you they never studied it. And so yeah. it's just like, oh, oh wait. so they're going to keep the bulls. But again, that I, I don't like that. But whatever, to get the twelve-team playoff is so so much exponentially better, yeah. and it's going to create so much more for this sport. And so much more fun that if they will come to the realization very quickly, wow, this was a real letdown. And I think you look at Jack Swarbrick and he's sitting there saying, you know what? I'm giving up a buy on those on those occasional years. I'm a top four. But what I get is a, a home playoff game for Notre Dame, which is actually a win. I think he knows it's better for Notre Dame to get a mid December home playoff game as the five seed in those years that they would have been the top in the top four, they'll end up the five play the easiest game, get a 12 million people to watch on NB on, on whatever TV on Saturday night. Cause they will be the prime game. Right. That's better than a buy. And I think he knows that. And I think pretty soon I'll, I'll everyone else will go. These buys actually aren't really that good. I'd rather showcase my campus 10 days before signing day and have the biggest sporting event in the history of the state right here or in a lot of these states it will be you know so i think he's playing chess on these guys on that oh well swarwick just destroyed everyone on this swarwick ran circles around them because notre dame never has to join a conference now like never i i just i got such a kick out of everybody saying wow how did jack swarwick get work so much here notre dame can never get a buy no no no. notre dame has to go 10 and 2 to make the playoff from now on in a 14 playoff notre dame in the years that it's not an ACC member, which was just that one, has to go 12 and up. Now, 10 and 2, you make the playoff every year. You're probably playing a home game. It's, it's perfect. And, and the, the loser in all that is Jim Phillips, the new commissioner of the ACC, because 
when he got there, there's there was like a card on his desk that said, "Your only job is make Notre Dame join in football," and it's never going to happen now. No, Notre Dame access to the title game is the only thing that would adversely affect Notre Dame's recruiting to the point where it would have to ch- join a conference. Notre Dame is a better program when it's a, it is able to recruit all over the country because the pool of, of, of recruits that they can take, you can roll your eyes at the academics, but Notre Dame does have, and I'm not yeah. going to make it out like they're all road scholars. Okay. But there is a more selective and a smaller pool. So they have to cast a very wide net. And in order to do that, they need to play everywhere, which is why they play at least one game in California every year. They play up and down, you know, the ACC gives them access to the East Coast and the, and the Southeast. They'll play in Texas. They'll play, you know, they'll schedule whatever games they want to do to, to create a recruiting that can keep them at this level. And the only thing that, so that they want to be independent for that reason. And the only thing that would kill them is if you don't have a shot to play for the title, then kid, these elite kids aren't going to go there. They've assured that. So if they ever want to join a conference, it's it's they're not getting forced into it. So they just did that. Again, these home games. The other thing about Notre Dame, Notre Dame's season ends Thanksgiving weekend. The quarterfinals are on January 1. They'd much it's it, you really want five weeks off, or would you rather play one game in the middle of those five weeks? Yeah, let's roll. Like I, I right, let's roll. You're you're gonna have plenty of rest. This isn't the NFL playoff, which is a grind where you got to go week, 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 week. This thing is going in very slow and soft and you got rest period. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. That's just the nature of the the calendar. And these are unpaid players and things like that. Notre Dame, Notre Dame won this thing easily. We'll be right back after these words. This is, this is going to be just an interesting next few years as they sort as they adjust to all this stuff because the supreme court ruling didn't really say you have to get rid of all your rules except that it kind of did and so now they got to figure out what that's going to look like i think the nil stuff is a good good start and if they'd have done it 10 years ago maybe the supreme court ruling yesterday doesn't happen but now they got to figure out how to make rules that are not going to be nullified by the court system. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, right? And exactly. uh, that's the old saying. And the NCA fought to be a hog. They were they fought every single bit of of progress, advancement, whatever you want to do, compromise, um, moderate reform. They fought stipends. Remember how much it was stipends? Oh, oh yeah. Some kid at Iowa State will have laundry money. This is going to ruin everything, right? When, when, when Mark, remember Mark Emmert convened a blue ribbon panel of university presidents. This is early in his presidency. And they, they came out and they said, we're going to allow a $2,000 stipend. And a bunch of schools were like, nah, nope. Right. Can't do it. <laughs> too, too, bridge too far. What what idiots these people are. What blithering morons these people were. You compromise along the way. There are, you don't attract all of these lawsuits. And when you start losing the lawsuits, you really start compromising. You don't sit there and double down. Say, let's go to the Supreme court. And maybe Brett Kavanaugh is going to absolutely rip us and literally put a, please sue the NCAA sign out to every attorney around the country, because if you end up at the Supreme Court, you're going to win. So instead of the slow progress enacting NLI, 
or an NIL, sorry, enacting NIL sooner, um, all the different things you could have done. Now they're at some risk. A pay for play, if you have to pay every athlete on every team, is going to cause, I think, some teams to get shuttered. Oh, if yeah. you have to, if the, if the players are able to unionize, this is what the NCAA doesn't want. Real issues that they really have to fight, not, hey, let's give some laundry money and some, you know, let's give a couple hundred bucks a month to somebody or let's allow them to make money on their Instagram or sign some 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 autographs down the chicken wing joint in town um, that, that isn't going to affect anybody poorly. They they fought everything. And so now they're, you know, this terrible leadership, terrible strategy. And now they're facing issues that I think, you know, look, we are we did not like the system of college athletics, but we're huge college athletic fans. Right. I mean, we love yeah. college sports. They could lose. They could lose lawsuits that that change college athletics in ways that, you know, I think even you and I would be like, yeah, I'm really liking that one. You know, yeah, well, not I mean, really liking why, that change. That's why you and I were always behind the idea of keep the the scholarship system the way it is, but just open it up to let everybody else pay athletes, which is what they were going to do after they were forced into it by the states. All they had to do was do it that themselves, and they could have sold it this way. They could have said, it's just like the NBA where LeBron does not make from the Lakers what LeBron is worth as a basketball player, right. but Nike and Sprite, or I guess it's Mountain Dew now, uh, all of those other all of those other entities make him whole. And you could just say, it's the same thing. And this benefits the most people because there obviously are a bunch of people on an athletic scholarship that on in the open market would not generate as much as their scholarship is worth. But that's the same thing. There are NBA players playing in a salary slot. They absolutely don't deserve as much money as they're getting, but that is the CBA that was negotiated. You could right. have it's, sold it that way. The Olympics. The Olympics did this in the 80s, and it didn't get less popular. You got Simone Biles to come back to this Olympics because she was allowed to become the multimillionaire she deserves to be off of her talent, and she's back for another Olympics. If she had to be an amateur, she would have cashed in after the last Olympics and we don't get to watch Simone Biles again. You don't get to watch Michael Phelps and Olympic after Olympic. You don't get all these things. It's so easy. Don't stand in the way of someone else making some money, but they can't, they fight everything. And now they're up against it. And, and it's, it's a shame because it's truly a lack of foresight, common sense, and, and just respect that you're not going to be able to, this isn't 1974. You're not going to be able to just count on, the, the courts and the public and the politicians to save you and, and put all these guys in their place. More people in the public are like, yeah, I got no problem with it. Good. I hope, I, I don't know anyone who's like, I wish Simone Biles wasn't getting paid. Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy the Olympics this weekend, this summer, because she's in a bunch of commercials. Right. And, and the, the public isn't as stupid as they think the public is, you know, the public gets bombarded for the last 20 years with ex coach, is now making $4 million a year. Hmm. And now he's making $6 million a year. And now he's making $8 million a year. And we just redid this facility, but we're going to redo it again for $80 million. And we're going to, you know, we're going to issue bonds for it and everything. They're not stupid. They see you doing that. They understand that the finances have changed. And that's, that was one of the things in Neil Gorsuch's majority opinion in the Supreme Court that, that I think we haven't talked about a lot that I thought was pretty, pretty meaningful was, the courts have to recognize this. And when they look at antitrust law, they have to say, have the economic 
conditions changed. The economic conditions in college sports have changed considerably. And that is what changed public opinion. I, I was When I worked at SI, I remember I was doing some research for a story that I was writing, and I came across the game story off the, 90, the, the Florida State winning the 1993 National Championship. So they, I believe they won the, the Orange Bowl that year, and they win the national championship, and that was the year of, of the Foot Locker thing where somebody had taken the players to Foot Locker and gotten them some free stuff. You'd have thought that those players had committed murder right. by the way that story was written. And that's just, yep. I mean, that's just our industry, how things have changed. But public opinion has swung so far the other way because the public is not stupid. Guy getting some a deal at, at Dillard's or whatever. Remember that Peter Warwick? Peter Warwick. And, you know, yeah, yeah, the Dillard's. Oh my God, scandal. Um, yeah, no, the, the rules didn't make any sense. I also think just society's changed. We talk um, on our on our on our podcast I do with Pete uh, Thamel and uh, uh, Pat Forty about like we we always laugh about. We've been laughing about it for years. It's TikTok, right? But you oh, yeah. watch these. You watch the influencers now. These are kids. That go on TikTok and become multimillionaires. You could Logan and Jake Paul. Okay, you can you can mock them. You could think this is a, a sham. They've they've marketed themselves into boxing stars. Yes, all that money like, spends Logan, the same whether you like it or not. Yeah, exactly. You got to respect the hustle. I'm not saying that they deserve to fight Floyd Mayweather, but they did. They were and and so you look in the new economy. There's so many ways for these young people to make money. And you go, why shouldn't this is a harmless way, right? Someone wants to watch the uh, a, a, a TikTok or watch a, a throwing clip, whatever they want to do. There's so many avenues that aren't traditional ways that you would think, oh, this is how it's going to be that you just look and go, gosh, I mean, everyone is Baylor. They did a New York Times story last year. Baylor paid two uh, influencers to attend their school, paid them. <laughs> What's amazing? Because it's a boon to have a somebody who's if you're a high school kid with three million followers, you want them on your campus going, this is where I want to go. Because all your followers are 15 years old going, hey, where should I go? Oh, that must be a cool school. <laughs> can, can you imagine so, that? Can you imagine that phone call? Hey, I saw you dancing on TikTok. Would you like to come to a school where we used to frown on dancing? <laughs> yeah, there you, go, there you go. But that's like this is literally how it business works. And it, and you go, well, yeah, that makes sense, right? So why wouldn't you allow this? And I just think the economy's changed. The, right now, the old, the boogeyman they throw out there is Alabama's going to buy all the recruits. And it just is They already true. have them all. Exactly. <laughs> they don't want any more. <laughs> they, they, they don't want your recruits. No offense. They like the ones Somebody, they got. <laughs> they, got they, they already win all the recruits. Someone needs to go back to Econ 101. Salary will determine the discipline the dispersion of talent in any industry, right? If you get, if you talk into your friend, they say, I'm switching jobs. Why? So-and-so is offering me 20% more money. You know, oh, you got to take it, right? Uh, Even if I got to move, even they don't sit there and go, well, you should see the cafeteria at this company that was really good 20 years ago. It's so much better than the cafeteria at this startup I might go to. Nobody talks like that. Right now, Alabama beats Boise State for every single recruit that Alabama wants. Okay, they will go into Boise High School and be Boise State for whatever recruit they want. However, once Boise State can sit there and say, hey, you can be the second quarterback recruit at Alabama, or you can come here and start for four years and be the biggest star in a city of a million people, 
biggest star in the whole state. They got a shot. They got money in Boise. You're, someone's going to go, yeah, I'm going to make more money at Boise. Now, will, will Boise State start beating Alabama for every recruit? Of course not. But will they beat them once every four years? But that starts – that it's 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 on the margins. Well, Is Alabama and, still going to yeah. be good? Of course. But – and and the the even more realistic version of that because the the guy is going to go to Alabama thinking you make the same money in Alabama and then he's a number one draft pick and he's going to make all that but then he gets to Alabama is like oh I'm going to be buried on the bench here forever right he transfers to Boise and starts at Boise yep. as a sophomore right. <laughs> let alone Mississippi State let alone Michigan State let alone like there's money at every school there's a market at every school some of these programs that aren't blessed with being having the proximity to talent Nebraska right Iowa you know some of these Oregon these schools that have huge fan bases and you know they'll do better in recruiting the, the talent will disperse because that's what economics tells us what will happen and so they're trying this boogeyman of like it's it. It's all over. Dude, the same three schools are, are the only three now. Look at well, I mean, I, last year. They you had, a, you had a playoff game between Alabama and Notre Dame. Alabama had 22 five stars on their roster. It rivals five stars. Notre Dame had two. That's Notre Dame. That's right. Can't compete. Well, you got a program it, better than Notre Dame. Well, you're, you're one of four because Notre Dame's really good. They can't I, compete. Well, they can now. They'll get some guys. I think the lopsidedness of this has helped sway public opinion because that boogeyman doesn't work when it can't possibly get any more lopsided than it already is. It just can't. It's physically impossible. We're on that side Pretty of the needle. Much. We ha It has to go back. It can go no other way than back, and that's fine. Yeah. However, that works. You know, uh, look, SMU used to be pretty good at this. Maybe they get good at it again. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it, it is. I will say this. It is. a. It, we will look back. It's a whole different era of the sport. And this yeah. with the playoff, with the transfer rules and with the NIL, it'll be a totally different sport going forward. I think it's going to be a much, much better sport, much more exciting for more fans. Um, but the NCAA has got to stop taking legal losses that could threaten reasonable progress and reasonable competitiveness that create who knows what. Yeah. Well, and so I was thinking about this. I'm kind of glad this is all happening at once. The NIL, the Supreme court decision, the transfer rules changing and the playoff format changing because this is a, this has always been a sport where people are so resistant to change. They just can't handle anything that's different from, from when they grew up, even though it wasn't actually like that when they grew up, but that's what they remember. This is going to be a rip the bandaid off. Everything changes. It It feels like now you can kind of make some meaningful change because everybody's like, well, I guess everything's changing anyway. There's, the resistance is, is, is fading away. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. It'll be, I mean, there, some of it's just, there's not a way to stop it. So it's going to, it's coming. You might as well embrace the full throat. It's sort of why they went to 12 instead of eight, right? right. It's like, look, if we're going to roof, we're going to do this. Let's do it right. And I mean, when I what when we first when I first proposed a 16 team playoff a decade ago and death of the BCS, like I mean, people fainted. It was like you can't do this. Now, the 16 team is the same as the 12. I I thought ever instead of giving buys, the reward was your number one Alabama. You're playing 
like Troy, the Sun Belt, you know, some right the, the 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 easiest, the Mac champ in a home game. That's basically a buy. So, but it's the same thing. But the size of a playoff was like absolutely no way. And then ten years later, boom, they're going with it. And I know they considered twelve, they considered sixteen, they considered twenty four. Like that's how quickly everything has changed, and that's from the powers that be. All this different stuff. It's gonna be. It's gonna be really wild. But I. I think it's gonna be. Look, right now, it's if you're not a fan of a few teams, it's tough to get that excited about this season. Absolutely. And when when places like Penn State, places like I don't know, Mississippi, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, like big good programs, even Notre Dame, don't really have a chance. Uh, you know, Florida, you're like, eh, we probably can't win the title this year. Like, I don't know. That's that's not helping. Attendance is down. Like yeah, you it's, want it's want this to be exciting. So they, and, and they this is the first time they worked together. It wasn't Jim Delaney in one corner and 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 Mike Slive in another and everyone trying to do what's best. Actually, Slive tried to do what was best for college football, but Delaney never did. All he cared about was the Big Ten. And now it was like we get in a room and go, let's do what's best for the sport. Well, it's not just what let's do what's best for the sport. I, I I've had this argument with people. You still act in your employer's best interest. The difference is True. Instead of making it a zero-sum game, one of us has to win and one of us has to lose, they got together, and, and I commend, and we'll, we'll say their names again, Greg Sankey, Bob Bowlesby, Craig Thompson, Jack Swarbrick. They looked at it and said, why don't we just give all of us what we want? Right. Like, it's all win. Why, why can't we all win? <laughs> and they did. And they have- you know, I had fallen into the trap, Dan, of, of thinking – well, there's no way they go past eight. There, it's going to be eight, and and uh, I had convinced myself eight was the only way to go. And then as soon as somebody texted and kind of tipped me off on this twelve thing and how it would work, and I, the more I thought about it, I was like, ooh, that is that is really interesting. And then when the actual details came out with the top six ranked conference champs instead of the power five and the highest ranked group of five, yeah, like I was like, wow, these guys really did think this through and the idea and, and talking to people, one of the ideas of going to 12, the way they, the way they want to is they don't want to be back here in seven years trying to change this thing again. They want to create something that people are going to like, that's going to last. And that's the part I, of all the things that have happened in college sports in the last 10 years, that proposal is the most forward looking well thought out other than the stupid quarterfinals in the bulls, which you and I agree is a contractual thing. They can't get out of. It is just, it's what everything else should be too. Right. And in a, in a way that in their mind, look, I, I, I don't see the bulls as partners. I see them as leeches, <laughs> but Hey, <laughs> right. They looked at it as like, everybody wins. These bowl games are about to, these six bowl games are now going to get bigger games because you don't want to be, the, the Chick-fil-A bowl and get, uh, you know, half a, half a team sitting out, opting out because nobody cares. Now you're hosting a quarterfinal game or a semifinal game every single year. That's what those six teams, those six bowls. My favorite is they go, we haven't determined which six bowls it'll be. Yeah, I, that's, okay. It's like, please buy me golf. Uh, please buy me golf. Uh, and we'll determine, <laughs> but yeah, everybody's winning on this thing. And, um, you know, it, and again, there's there's a common sense approach to it. There was a, there was a real study. This is real leadership. And a lot of it is like, you know, they have all these presidents and they have this committee and that committee. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be upset if they took four people, whether it's these four or four people like them 
and just sit them in the room and say, figure out the NIL, please. Yeah. You know, come back to us. That's how they have too big of groups. They have too many groups. You know, they're going to do this bit now. They're saying, well, we're going to go talk to all the stakeholders and listen to them. Like, actually, probably don't. You know, there'll be some. Yeah, they'll sit and listen to the the student athletes. They're not going to listen to them. Um, They're going to go ahead with this thing. And we're going to get it. We're finally going to get the the end of the season that this sport deserved. And the people's memories, you mentioned it, like, this is how it was when I grew up. It was great. And then you look back and actually it's not. No. That was always the thing. I I think in our book, we went through, it was like people like every week matters. And you go, actually, on like November 14th, there was only one game. That, that had any bearing yeah. on anything. Yeah, right. And I, if we do this plan, there's going to be 18 games that matter. Yeah. But in, in your mindset, you look back and go, oh, remember that one time Iowa State beat Oklahoma? On a, it's like, yeah, that was one time. We'll give you we'll give you two, one to two dozen every single week in November. It's going to be way better. And that's what happens when you really look at it rather than just kind of go with some sepia-toned concept that we can't change. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. As a kid, I went to the Citrus Bowl where Georgia Tech clinched a national title, but didn't really yep. clinch a national title because what happened <laughs> in the Orange Bowl that night would decide whether they shared it or, or had it out. It was entirely unsatisfying. Now, I'm not a Georgia Tech fan, so I had no rooting interest in the game, but I would have liked to have said I was at the national title game, but I wasn't. Because they didn't have right. one. They had no way of, of crowning one. And that was stupid. It's okay to admit that the way they did it for a long time was dumb. You don't have to keep defending it because that's how they did it when your pappy was growing up. Or times change. Like they used to sit there and go, well, you know, these bowl trips, these kids get on a plane for the first time in their life. They get to go to Florida. Really, there's a guess what the top recruits now do? They play seven on seven in like 36 <laughs> different states. Yeah. By the, I, in, they're like another including trip to Florida. Florida. Yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, a big trip to the Blue Bonnet Bowl is not going down as my life, <laughs> uh, greatest moments of my life. Like, I've already played in this stadium. You know, like, it's a totally different world. They're not just some hayseed coming in with a, you know, uh, you know, with a, some wheat in their mouth going, geez, here I am at Big State U. Hope I get to play as a senior. The kids, the whole thing's different. Times change. It's all right. It was the Blue Bonnet Bowl meant a lot to you. It doesn't yeah. mean anything to these guys. The, these the guys famous, don't want these bowl trips. No, they just they want just, to come in and out. They want the Best Buy gift card. So just give them the, the Best Buy gift card. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Give them the gift card, and then they're out. But then it was also it. Like, well, we'll buy you off of some trinkets. You know, look at here. Here's a here's a little. Uh, you know, you know they give them the old Walkman. Oh, I have my first Walkman. Dude, come on, man. These kids aren't like that anymore. They, NIL, they baby appearance yeah. fee for the bowl game. I'll take my that, appearance fee, please. That could happen. And that's that's going to be interesting. It's Everybody's a FedEx. They make the rules and they can make the rules to say whatever they want. So maybe do that. <laughs> my favorite on this NIL thing is, oh, my God, six states are going to have uh, on July one. We'll have a different plan from the other 44. What are we going to do? It's like you're the cops. You choose what to enforce. It's. It's like all the places in the country just stop pulling people over for, for you know, having right. a little bit of weed. You just decriminalize it. You go, yeah. this isn't worth it. Like Mark Emmerich, how, what are we going to do? Stop. Y- you're in charge. <laughs> Nobody is telling you you have to enforce the rules. Yes. So don't. It'll work out. Well, it'll be chaos. Eh, no, it will not. Will it? Will it? 
Alabama's going to win. Don't worry yeah. about it. That, Maybe that's Ohio my, State. That's my favorite <laughs> when, it, when an AD tells me, well, we can't help ourselves. We'll be giving 17-year-olds yeah. like $2 million bucks. No, you won't. Because no. that money is not unlimited. It's not. It doesn't grow on a tree. Somebody has to provide that money. And the, the people who made all that money by not being stupid are probably not going to invest it in 17-year-olds who are a very risky bet to start with who might then transfer and take your money somewhere else. That, so that's not in, in going a, to be a thing. <laughs> in, a, in a less organized way, you could do this in the NFL or NBA or anything else. Okay? We need – there's a salary cap. We could get receiver A to come here and play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we can only offer him, let's just say, $1 million. But the four dealers of Pittsburgh could agree to give an extra million dollars and he becomes their spokesman, right? This is all could be done in the NFL. It isn't done because the four dealers of Pittsburgh, don't tell me the people in Pittsburgh care any less about their team than the Penn State fans or the Ohio State fans or the Georgia fans do. Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers, a lot of fans. <laughs> they really want to yeah. win. But One it doesn't happen because the businessmen go, yeah, that's not, I'm not wasting my money on that. I got a, I got a car dealership to run here. Okay. So this could be done. In, and, and, and there's some of it, like in the old days, it was like, well, if you're, if you're a New York Yankee, there's bigger sponsorship opportunities. And, and there is some of that, right? Nobody beats the but Wiz. It doesn't, doesn't change. Doesn't change the aspect. It's not going to be that big of a deal. It's just going to be good. It's going to be great for smaller sports. It's going to be great for women's sports. It's going to be great for all sorts of weird stuff. Some kid's going to, some kid's going to kick a field goal and win the last second game. He's going to win the egg bowl on a kick and he's going to throw his Venmo up on, on, in the post-game his interview cash, and all of a sudden cash tag, cash, <laughs> Love it. cash app. And it's going to be $75,000. It's going to be like, <laughs> it's like, good. Who cares? I know. Who cares. And that's, and that's exactly what Dan and I have been saying for all these years. And, and I was, I'm I'm joking when I say, you know, we were right. You should have listened to us all along. You should probably never listen to us. But we've what the the gist of what we've been saying is just stop worrying about this. It'll be fine. The world the, the market will take care of it. They create an the college sports industrial complex, I call it, right? So they create rules, then they need to hire lawyer law firms to decipher the rules and defend you against the rules. Then you have to have huge compliance departments on campus to interpret and try to proactively obey the rules. Um, I was telling this story the other day, like I was at, um, you know, I, I was at a, 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 I'll spare the school, but um, I was at like a big college football game. And a lot of times the basketball staff will have a tailgate, almost every major, you know, every, every major campus. So, you're at the football game. The basketball staffs having they, they have uh, you know recruits in whatever they have some boot, whoever's around. There'll be a tailgate. So I go to the tailgate, and however the visit worked at this time, um, you know some some prospect is there. He can he can they can pay for his food, but his dad was there, and the dad gets in over by the buffet and like gets a burger and like some seven layer dip, oh, and the head no. coach tells the assistant coach like, "Oh my god, we have to go charge him." Like he, he can't eat that. We have to go get 10 bucks from him. And it's like this incredibly awkward, like 
Mr. Jones, sorry, but that seven layer dip puts you over the limit. You owe me 10 bucks or I'm in charge. And like, nobody wants to do it. Nobody cares. And it's like, this is just a rule for the sake of a rule. You're yes. literally in the middle of a college football Saturday with a head coach, a basketball coach who's making millions. Like money is just raiding in the air all over campus. And this poor guy has got to pay 10 bucks to try to avoid a rule. And you're like, this. the rules have just become everything. And that's why they can't. They can't conceptualize no rules. Well, here, here's all. They just here's can't all you need do to know. it. They're like, we have to have more rules. Yeah. Here, like, here's no, all you need less to know. Rules. All you need to know. NIL is not allowed in any state yet. It will not be allowed till July 1st. Multiple companies have sprung up and signed deals with <laughs> colleges to manage yeah. NIL stuff. Right, right. All you need to know about these people and the hustle that they operate is there's a bunch of people who have already made money off this stuff. Not a single player has yet. Yeah. yeah. That's adults it. will get paid. It's all. We have to protect the student athlete. from. They're adults. Deal with it. You're 18. Maybe these guys pay you. Maybe you don't. You learn. Like what? They're always trying to protect. They're trying to protect themselves. They're not trying to protect the like a guy. Okay. You go to, you say you're going to sign autographs at the chicken wing place in, the, in town on Tuesday. And the guy doesn't give you the, the, the what, 500 bucks, then don't go back. Like it's, it's, it's okay. Like, again, you put out your Venmo. Most of the stuff's going to be social media. Most of the that, stuff. That, is that's my be. favorite part is the people who complain about this and who I will never watch another college football game again. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. Wouldn't know a Twitch stream if it bit them in the ass. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Right. The quarterback wants to have a Twitch stream after every game and, and go over what he saw for 30 minutes. And someone wants to join in and subscribe and Twitch is willing to pay because your subscribers are up. Oh, well, like what's <laughs> I, I, I might subscribe if he's, if he's given good info. I, I might Lots be one of those could. people. Coach exactly. may bench him. Coach may bench him for it. Yeah, no, it's, exactly. it's always every single thing is an existential threat. They're always wrong. None of it has ever been an existential threat. The boogeyman doesn't exist. OK, Jim Delaney cried a million of them. And then he walked with a 20 million dollar consulting fee from a Big Ten TV network and then became a consultant for the Rose Bowl that he protected for years. Like these guys, Larry Scott made 50 million dollars telling everyone to be scared of money in college athletics. Give me a break. Stop falling for the con. Everything's going to be all right. They're going to play some football. They're going to play some basketball. The other sports are going to benefit from the popularity of football. And continue to go on. And yeah, maybe sometimes. Oh, oh, here's my favorite. All right, this is my favorite. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. What happens in the locker room when the quarterback's making more <laughs> than the backup <laughs> linebacker? Says head coach making $8 million a year who has an administrative assistant making 27 grand. Like, welcome to every work environment in the entire country. Right. Or what's going say, to happen? Say, says head coach making $4 million a year who calls his agent daily to complain because <laughs> another head coach who has a similar record is making 4.3. <laughs> like what? How will this work? Everyone's not paid the same. Like, where did you just, just roll in from Russia? What is going on here? <laughs> wait, Dan, wait, 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 one more, one more, one more. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> They're going to have to pay taxes on this. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, we have a TurboTax Bowl or the TaxSlayer.com Bowl. They can all go to that. Yeah, these poor kids. 
who are 18 yes. might have to figure out. Guess what? The, yeah, they'll, they'll have an LLC <laughs> set up in two seconds. This is not hard. Your waiter at Chili's also has to pay taxes. Right, right. He figures it out. A (laughs) sophomore in high school at the Tropical Smoothie Cafe is paying taxes. Taxes. Unbelievable. This is too complicated for these kids. Really? Really? Have you met these guys? So Doesn't seem too complicated. The moral of the story, they're always wrong. (laughs) But you know who's always right? Dan freaking Wetzel. And that's That's why we should listen to him. And Andy Staples. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stan. I appreciate you know, it. We needed this. We needed this. We took a lot of heat. We took a lot of arrows through the years. We got beat up a lot. Thank uh, you for having me But on. they always knew we were right. All That's along. right. In the end, they did. They did. They did. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate Dan. you, man. Good seeing Bye. you.